Hello, everybody, and welcome to your Group D preview for the 2020 Euros. So, this is a continuing part of our coverage for Euro 2020 here on Bavarian Podcast Works. You can catch us every day highlighting matches, previewing the next day's matches, and listening to our wide range of commentators on different teams. This is a part of our series, so be sure to check in with us every day at BavarianFootballWorks.com. So we start Group D with the top team, Croatia, the Vatreni, or the Blazers, 14th in the FIFA World Rankings, runners-up in the 2018 FIFA World Cup. They lost in the round of 16 to eventual winners Portugal in the 2016 Euros. First in their qualifying group with a 5-2-1 record. Their manager is still Zlatko Dalic ever since, you know, Niko Kovac uh, went high and dry a couple of years ago. Uh, since 2017, 42 games played under him, a 22-7-13 and record. Their formation is a 4-2-3-1 with a double pivot. Uh, so, Tom, who do you like in this Croatia group? Amongst, again, Jake, another squad with a long list of names to pick from, I highlighted Mateo Kovacic. The reason being, he's just one of these players in the Croatian squad where at the club level for Chelsea, he's really had to battle for minutes, you know, with guys like N'Golo Kante, Jorginho uh, in the center of the park for Chelsea under both Frank Lampard uh, as well as Maurizio Sarri before and now Thomas Tuchel. But, you know, it's interesting for me, there's a a lot of these uh, club players were at the national level. If they play for a bigger club, they might not play as much as they would want to. But then when they go back to the national fold, they're one of the main guys. And I think Kovacic is a perfect example of this in addition to a number of players. So I'm curious to see, you know, what his fitness will look like in the in the center of the park. I would be assuming he'd be lining up alongside Luka Modric. Uh, so I'm very curious to see the kind of legs that he has in this. Also, another guy who is very experienced, who's a part of that 2018 uh, World Cup squad that went all the way all the way to the final, eventually losing to France. So um, he's one of the guys I really have my eye on. I think he's a very very smart player, a very very technical player. Um, I thought Croatia one of their biggest strengths in 2018 was their counter attack, and they've got the firepower up top to do that. And Kovacic can be one of those guys who really links in defense to attack really quickly. You have those runners up front: Kramaric, Rebic, uh, Perisic, still getting miles out of his leg. Brekalo to come off the bench. So uh, Kovacic is going to be the guy I'm really watching. For me, I like that double pivot. The double pivot is Luka Modric and Mateo Kovacic, as you had mentioned. I think they are going to be very influential, especially when it comes to funneling balls up top for their central attacking midfielders and their strikers. So specifically Velocic up top for their central attacking midfielder. Wingers like Ivan Perisic, the beautiful boy Ivan Perisic and Ante Rebic, who used to be at Eintracht Frankfurt, and the player up top who I am highlighting, Andre Kramaric. He has no competition for this, really, outside of Petkovic, but even then, Petkovic is not like his competition for the 2018 World Cup, which was Mario Mandzukic. So this is really Kramaric's time to shine on the international stage, and I think he's going to take full advantage of it, and I'm looking forward to seeing him do that. 25 goals, 6 assists, and 34 games played for Hoffenheim this season. I think he will do a fantastic job. Croatia have 33-1 to odds to win the whole tournament as of the 1st of June. They have 3-1 to odds to win out the group. 
So with that, we move on to our next team, the Czech Republic, or the Lokomotiva, or the Locomotive. 40th in the FIFA World Rankings, they finished 4th in Group D of the 2016 Euros. They finished 2nd in their European Qualifying Group with a 5-0-3 record. Their manager is Jaroslav Shilhavi. Ever since 2018, 26 games played under him, 14 wins, 1 draw, 11 losses. And they like to play 4-4-1-1 flat with a central attacking midfielder. So, Tom, who do you pick for this team? Yeah, and this check side is one of those teams where you kind of look at some of the, the team sheets from recent friendlies and qualifiers, and you just kind of realize, oh, this player is checked. And I've been watching this player quite a lot in the Bundesliga or respectively whichever league it is. And uh, for that reason, I'm highlighting Bayer Leverkusen's formerly of RB Leipzig's Patrick Schick. I think that he had a relatively underwhelming season for Leverkusen, scoring only nine goals and three assists uh, and then three goals in the Europa League for, for D-Work self. But I think he it's going to be absolutely important for him to be firing on all cylinders you know, I think some of the teams in this group elsewhere are not exactly fantastic at covering set pieces. And with Patrick Schick's height and his presence in the air, as well as his finishing ability, is going to make him a very, very dangerous weapon uh, for this Czech Republic side. And I'm really looking him to be the main guy to really reel this team forward, get the goals in the back of the net, inspire, inspire this side. And um, I'll be very disappointed, Jake. I have to be honest. If he if he underwhelms uh, in this tournament, really has nothing to lose. I think many people would say that Scotland and the Czech Republic are the underdogs in this group. So uh, it's all to play for for the Czech and Patrick si Patrick Schick, excuse me, specifically. So Tom, there are very few West Ham United players here at the Euros, which is exactly where I am going with this. Uh, there are two: Tomasz Suchek and Vladimir Sufal that I'm going to highlight. Sufal playing at right back. He's going to be very important, moving the ball up to Massapust on the right wing, who will then try and turn the ball into Patrick Schick. But Tomas Suchek will probably be the most important player to the success of this Czech Republic team. In terms of being able to distribute the ball up the field, he has done fantastic at that. In terms of being able to drop back and help on the defense, he's able to do that for West Ham, so I expect him to be able to do that here for the Czech Republic. If they have any success, I believe that it will lie on the shoulders of those two players. But they are not expected to have a lot of success. They are 150 to 1 odds pegged to win the whole thing. They have a 12 to 1 odds to win the whole group. So, with that, we move on to a really small team. A small team from the middle of nowhere, not exactly expected to do a lot, just kind of happy to be here, uh, England. So the three Lions, they are fourth in the FIFA World Rankings. Tom is wearing their jersey right now. Uh, it is the team that finished in the semifinals of the 2018 FIFA World Cup for the first time in a long time that they got to that stage. Uh, they finished first in Group A of the European Qualifiers with a 7-0-1 record with 21 points. Points. They got knocked out of the round of 16 against Iceland in the very last edition of the Euros that was played before this. Their manager, some guy who likes uh, ties and 
nice beards, I guess, Garrett Southgate. 54 games played, 34 games won, 10 drawn, 10 losses since 2016. Uh, his format is like a 4-3-3, but with a couple of caveats, because if this uh, England team is known as the three Lions, it should also be known as the three right backs because that's about how many that they brought to this party, uh, if not a lot more. A 5-2-3 formation could possibly be seen. A 3-4-3 formation could possibly be seen, depending on how they line up. So, Thomas, you uh, you follow this team a lot closer than I do, so... Who do you like? <laughs> yeah, Jake, it, I think it's coming home this summer. It finally has to come home. I know that in the 2018 World Cup, people who don't really get the British joke maybe don't really understand that it's England fans kind of having a go at themselves, quote-unquote taking the piss, if you will, <laughs> British term. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just to defend myself, I know sometimes I get a little bit of heat as the Twitter admin for BFW for being so pro-England, but, I mean, Jake, I grew up watching the Premier League and the England national team since I was like seven, eight years old. So I know the ins and outs of this national team like significantly more than any other nation, uh, mostly more so than the U.S. But just as you mentioned, so many issues going into this squad. Obviously, the day we're recording, I think it was just 24 hours ago that Southgate announced that Ben White from Brighton and Hove Albion was the last player he was bringing on. Absolutely gutted for Trent Alexander-Arnold getting that injury in their friendly last week. He will not play a part. They have Kieran Trippier, Kyle Walker, uh, so many right backs, as you said. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Southgate goes with that, whether it's a back three. There's questions of the fitness of Harry Maguire coming off of that ankle injury. Jordan Henderson, who has not played a lot of football in the past couple of months, he came on uh, in the second half in the 1-0 win against Romania, <laughs> gloriously missed a penalty. Well, I should say he had it saved. Um, but you know, you question how much fitness he has in his legs, but for the main man, the main man I have my eye on is going to be Phil Foden. He's one of those guys where there's so many questions. Oh, Jake, I can see you said, I think that you chose him, but I'll even move on to Jack Relish just based off of what I saw in the, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Ladies and gentlemen, I think I'm stealing. I was actually all of going to pick Grealish. I was giving you props for picking okay, uh, Foden. Oh, I apologize. Ahead. Okay, I'll go ahead and talk about Foden then. So first, we can talk. If you've seen his social media, he's gotten the uh, the quote unquote Gaza, the Paul Gascoigne, uh, short back and sides, high fade, blonde haircut in preparation for this tournament. I know a lot of British fans will know exactly who Gaza is, um, but it's just this the form that. Foden has been on for Manchester City it's just you look at the amount of attackers and like-for-like -like players in Foden, Grealish, Sterling, Rashford, Sancho all these options that Southgate has and he has to make the terrible decision to leave some of these guys out and in my opinion how do you leave Foden out with the season he had and the form he's on for me he has to be in the starting 11 along with Grealish Jake so I'm sorry Raheem Sterling maybe you got to take a seat on the bench but Jake, it's just impossible for me to leave Foden on the bench and at such a young age and the form he's in, can he take this Manchester City form and translate it to the big stage for the three Lions with the eyes of an entire nation on him? Because you know the uh, the British press, they have that you know those pessimistic tendencies. So if this team underperforms, they will 100% be hearing it, myself included. So I hope he has a great tournament. 
come on, three lions, let's bring it home this summer. Yeah, I saw that Gascoigne haircut, and maybe just like Gascoigne, Phil Foden might be able to reach the peak of his career, which would be getting a red card in the semifinals of the Euros and losing out to the Germans who end up winning the whole thing. Uh, My place, real position to watch would be midfield because there are so many moving cogs to that midfield. Of course, you have the West Ham boy, right? The best player on this entire team, Declan Rice. Uh, You have Phillips in there from Leeds United. You have Mason Mount, who has really played a fantastic season there. And that kind of leaves a lot of questions for the youngest player on this England team, Jude Bellingham, who... I want to see on this team, but when you consider those names in front of him, right? Rice, Phillips, Mount, Jack Grealish, if he's desperately needed there, it's going to be tough to see if Jude Bellingham gets some starting time on this team. And I know Tom's favorite Jordan Henderson is on there as well, so it's going to be tough to see Bellingham getting any starting time. I think the same thing is the case for Jaden Sancho. You mentioned Raheem Sterling, right? So Harry Kane is pretty much the de facto striker. If he gets injured, then Dominic Calvert-Lewin is going to jump in, right? For Jaden Sancho, right, he has to compete with Phil Foden, Bukayo Saka, Raheem Sterling, and Marcus Rashford. For both of the Dortmund boys, I want them to play. I hope that they get good playing time. I just don't know how much they're going to be able to get because this England team is pretty stacked. I have to admit that even though it makes me want to vomit saying it. Uh, But my pick to watch is Jack Grealish. I think he's going to be the most creative player on this team, and I think that says a lot. Shout out to my boy Luis Miguel Echegaray, because I think that Aston Villa have the best player on this England team by a long shot. And I know Kane is clinical. I know Sterling is quick and smart. I know that Foden has creative tendencies to him as well. I know Mount can drive the ball up. I know Rice can do the same thing while also dropping back. But I think Grealish might have the most skill out of everybody on this team when it comes to finding pockets of space and distributing passes and going up into the box and finishing himself if he needs to. I think if England does well, I think they will have a lot to owe to Jack Grealish. And to me, he's going to be uh, the best player for this entire tournament for England. That's just my call out far in advance. Jake, did you have a little moment of silence for Jesse Lingard with your West Ham fanship being axed from the team? You mean Manchester United player Jesse Lingard? No, not really. I was very oh. happy that West Ham United <laughs> player Declan Rice got in. Doing and a little dirty there, a little dirty. He got Listen, you so close him. to that top four, so close. <laughs> Lingardinho. I, I appreciate Lingardinho so much, but the man's not coming back to uh, – to East London anytime soon unless it's for a training match or to play against West Ham because I don't see West Ham giving up Declan Rice for him and I definitely don't see uh, West Ham giving up over 30 million pounds for him especially when you consider that they're trying to get a striker and their best option is loaning in Tammy Abraham if he doesn't get uh, pride away from anybody else but enough about Premier League Let's move on to the real team of this group, the best team of this group, the group that uh, will be covered in plaid 
the group that I am paying the closest attention to because of one team above England, a team that I had to recently fulfill a bet on that I had made on a previous episode of the podcast in buying their jersey, a jersey that I am wearing right now. I am, of course, talking about Scotland, the true team that is going to win this entire thing. Now, I know the official nickname of Scotland is not the Tartan Army, but that is because I tried translating the actual name or at least hearing the pronunciation of the actual name in Scots Gaelic, and Google Translate does not have a Scots Gaelic voice feature, and because Derek Ray was busy preparing for the Euros, I did not have the ability to call him up and ask him how to pronounce something in Scots Gaelic, so I'm just going to call them the Tartan Army. They are 44th in the FIFA World Rankings. It is their first major men's tournament since 1998's World Cup. They didn't do that well then, but their women's team did very well at the 2019 World Cup, so shout out to them. It's their first European Championship since 1996. They finished third in Group I in European qualifiers. They had playoffs requiring penalties both times to beat Israel and then Serbia in order to make this. Their manager is Steve Clark ever since 2019. 21 games played, 9 wins, 6 draws, 6 losses. Their formation can be a bit fluid. It's one of those hybrid formations. It's like either a 3-5-2 or a 5-3-2. So, Tom, why is your player to watch Andy Robertson? Self-explanatory. I... I don't even I can't even say it. I don't want to say best left back in the world and then not mention Alfonso Davies in the same breath. I can't bring myself to do it. as much as I'm a Liverpool fan first and then a Bayern fan and Germany fan. I cannot do it. I cannot do that to our followers. I can't do it to our listeners. But Jake, I think it's obvious that he as someone who's in that conversation in the footballing spectrum and the footballing world, he is kind of carrying the weight on his shoulders coming into this tournament as the captain of Scotland the left back, one of the main guys for Liverpool and the main guys for Scotland, I think it's going to be very, very important for him to have a solid tournament. And thankfully, with the way that the schedule works, they don't have to play. They play England and Croatian second. In all of those respects, Jake, I know you want Scotland to pull out of this group. So I think the way that the schedule is set up, it gives them a better chance in the fact that they're playing the Czech Republic first. So defensively, they'll need to be sharp, and obviously he's the guy who's going to be leading that charge, and we all know how much he has the ability to press forward as well. There's a couple other players uh, that I wanted to keep my eye on, but Jake, given your you know, endearment for this Scottish team, I do not want to step on any toes anymore. I'm going to give you the floor right now. Thank you. I think it's very important to recognize the fact that a bunch of these Scotland games are all going to be played on the British Isles. I believe all of them are going to be played on the British Isles, and two of them will be played at Hampton Park in Glasgow. So that will be incredibly helpful to them. Their midfield is relatively well set to the point where they are missing Kenny McLean and Ryan Jack, and they still have made the decision to use Scott McTominay from Manchester United as a center back. That is how well off they are in central midfield. If it's a terrible position, Scott McTominay is, of course, going to come up, but they are pretty well set. I do have to say, this team is filled with a lot of great Premier League players and a lot of good players from a Celtic team that went invincible the season before this one, as well as some good Rangers players that had ended up uh, doing well here. You've got some relatively well-known, at least from a Premier League standpoint, 
players here. You've got Newcastle's Ryan Fraser. You've got uh, Che Adams. Billy Gilmore from Chelsea is on the bench. I mentioned Scott McTominay. You mentioned Andy Robertson. I would be remiss for all of my Arsenal fans out there, especially my Scottish Arsenal fans. Shout out to all of them. You know who you are. Uh, Kieran Tierney is one of the center backs. He's going to be incredibly helpful. But the one player that I'm going to keep an eye on for this one is Callum McGregor, the Celtic player who plays and operates mostly in the dead center of their midfield, three or five, depending on how they operate, four goals, seven assists, and 49 games over their entire season. I think he's going to be incredibly important, being box-to-box, turning the team from defense into offense, and I think he might be the exact player to do it because I don't necessarily see McTominay as being that kind of player that can be able to do that because he's not used to doing it that much at Manchester United because, of course, he plays in a midfield with Paul Pogba, who's arguably the greatest box-to-box midfielder in the world at this moment if you don't consider people like N'Golo Kante or Joshua Kimmich, and we will get to all of them later on in Group F, but... That brings us to this. Scotland are 250 to 1 odds to win the whole thing and 16 to 1 to get out of the group. So let's uh, talk about who's getting out of the group. I don't think I mentioned England's odds either. England are 5 to 1 odds to be the champions, which I believe is either the best or the second best. And they are 2 to 5 to get out of the group. So, Tom, let's talk about the predictions that we have for this group. What do you have for your top four? So, for this group, it's coming home this summer, so obviously England are going to top the group. And it's very tough, Jake. I don't want to do Scotland dirty, and I just love an underdog story. It's been so long since I've been to an international tournament, but I think Croatia just has too much to get that second spot. I know I've already said this for several groups, but obviously people do realize that there's a number of third-place teams that will progress. It's my hope that Scotland could be one of them and just for you jake because of the endearment i have them at third i gotta roll the dice somewhere you can't just play it safe the whole time otherwise you're not going to win any big bets so for that i had scotland third and the czech republic in fourth i'm a perennial dice roller when it comes to all of these predictions so with that being said scotland's gonna win. i'm just kidding uh england's gonna win this thing um croatia is gonna come in second i think scotland's gonna come in third I think they are going to be one of the better third place teams, maybe. And I'm 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 gonna predict that I'm gonna predict that they get out of the group stages in advance. And uh, sorry to my boys uh, Tomas and Vladimir, but I don't think Czech Republic are really gonna be doing that well. I don't think they have the offensive firepower to be able to turn in consistent performances. I think they finish fourth. So with that being said, that wraps up Group D. Thank you all for listening today to our previews. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for our final two previews of Group E and F. And then be sure to tune in on Saturday when we officially begin our daily coverage of the Euros, where we would recap the first game of the tournament between Turkey and Italy in Rome. And then from that point onward, we will talk about games looking forward from that point. So with that, thank you for listening. Alfie Zane, we'll see you tomorrow.